Hello and welcome to another episode of This Diet Life. I am Kim Dunaway. I often have people ask, what can they do about their appetite? They're looking for an appetite suppressant most of the time. And my first question to them is, do you eat because you're hungry or do you eat for another reason? Oftentimes, appetite suppressants don't work because people are not hungry when they're eating the food. They're eating for physiological reason, such as a dip in certain neurotransmitters, a psychological reason, such as they're angry or sad. And there's not a pill that's designed to address those specific issues. Well, at least not an appetite suppressant anyway. There are things that you could do. So let's delve into this a little bit deeper. If you look at the causes of weight gain and obesity, it's usually boiled down to about 10 or so factors. One being something we can't control like genetics and the rest of them being things that we can control like lack of physical activity, availability of food, overeating, eating the wrong foods such as junk food. And food availability, let's go back to that, is a bit of an issue because in this country we have everything at our disposal. There's donut shops, fast food restaurants around every corner. Our grocery stores are full of healthy food and junk food. A lot of our workplaces have snack machines or cookies, donuts, what have you, by the coffee machine. So there's always things that are available right at our fingertips that require us to say no several times throughout the day. And it just takes one weak moment to make a bad decision. So there was a study done years ago in England about boredom, people that tend to eat out of boredom. They said that they had a dip in dopamine. And when they had this dip in dopamine, they would go and eat something which is interesting because we've oftentimes heard of a connection between serotonin and eating. People eat because they feel sad, because they're lonely, but we don't always pay attention to the connection between dopamine and eating as well, which means that there could be issues between both of those neurotransmitters, which are not ordinarily addressed in something like an appetite suppressant. And if it's addressed in a weight loss product, it's usually also combined with caffeine and a number of other things that we really shouldn't be doing for long periods of time, if at all. So as I have mentioned several times on the podcast, we always wanna get to the root of our problem. What is causing our appetite what is causing our abuse of food so that we can fully address it. 
So on one hand, if we have certain foods that we know that we are, don't do well with, they're a trigger food for us, we tend to overeat, we can, of course, not buy it, not put ourselves in a position if we can to avoid it. But if the problem is still there, ultimately we will use something else to fill that void. If it's not sweets, it might be something crunchy. If your food of choice or drug of choice is something salty, then you may replace it with something else. If it's sweet, you may replace it with something quote unquote healthier and eat more of the healthier item. So we got to get back to the cause. So that's why it's very helpful and frankly important to connect the emotional dots to our diet. What is causing us to overeat? What is causing us to not want to exercise? Whatever it is that the cause is for your diet troubles or again, health issues if you're not struggling with your weight. What is it? So I've mentioned several times on the podcast for myself, the availability of food is problematic for me. And of course, working around it is presents a challenge all the time. So I have to find ways to prevent that for me, be it emotional or psychological or, or be it a physiological problem, such as a neurotransmitter imbalance, for instance. Sometimes it can be hormonal related. Sometimes women, for instance, will notice that they crave certain foods at different times of the month based upon their cycle. And that's a physiological issue as well. So I'm encouraging you to connect the dots with your emotions and with your eating. And yes, it requires that you log it via writing it down or putting it in an app, but really looking at how you feel and how your emotions are affecting your diet and health challenges. Oftentimes, we get so excited about eating something. For instance, several podcasts back, I talked about how we eat sometimes as a treat for ourselves. It's our birthday. It's somebody else's birthday. We got a promotion. We lost weight. Whatever it is that we're celebrating, we oftentimes associate food with that. Or we go towards food as a treat. I've had a rough day. I deserve this, et cetera, et cetera. So they say that the joy of food diminishes after the first bite. So you have a bite of something and it tastes amazing. No other bite of that food is going to match that feeling again. But oftentimes a person will have five cookies, six cookies, eight cookies, what have you with diminishing 
excitement for it. And then it starts to turn into feelings of guilt. Doesn't mean that you could have a bite of something and decide that that's enough. That would be probably amazing if we could train ourselves to do that. But that boost that we get emotionally, it lasts for such a short period of time. So oftentimes we better if we got that boost from somewhere else and it would last longer. For me, I get a huge boost from going to a yoga class. I love teaching, but ultimately as a teacher, you have to be able to go to class or do your own practice in order to sustain your yogic self, for lack of a better term. You get stale as a teacher. You get a bit run down emotionally if you're not able to do some yoga yourself. And so for me, that's huge. That's a high that lasts all day, at least for hours when I'm able to do yoga. Whereas the bite of something that may taste good, it doesn't last that long. Years ago, somebody was explaining to me about people who are addicted to drugs because I was, I was quite confused. I was like, I, I don't understand why people don't just stop. And the guy said to me, they're always chasing their first high. That the first time that they do a narcotic, heroin, cocaine, what have you, that it's the most amazing experience for them. Every experience, therefore, after that never matches it, but they're always trying to get that feeling back. And at times we do that with food. There is a pleasure that comes, especially from those of us that battle with our weight, from eating something that tastes good. But that feeling doesn't last. And if you haven't noticed it before, notice it now. When you have something you're really looking forward to, I guarantee you that last bite doesn't taste as good as the first. Doesn't mean that last bite doesn't still taste good, but it's not as fat satisfying as the first one. And so again, this is an opportunity for us to look at our emotions. They say that 80% of illnesses are resulted in some way from stress. And 80% of our diet, 80% of our weight loss is connected to our diet. Which means that we have to have the emotional control to be able to make better food choices, but more importantly, to be able to sustain that for a long period of time, ideally the rest of your life. Just like you can go to a convention or a concert or something that excites you for a, a period of time. I use a convention because that's, that's kind of what they're designed for. Whatever your business is, your profession is, you go to a convention for that and you come home fired up, excited, ready to take on the world for the next day or two days. But it diminishes. 
It doesn't last. You need something to continue to sustain that. Otherwise, after a few days, all that excitement is gone. So we oftentimes in life, we have these huge highs and these sometimes corresponding lows. And food can be an issue with with both. What goes up must come down. Doesn't mean that we can't have times of being very, very high, but it's very hard to sustain that. It's very hard to sustain how excited we are about any food choice when we overeat it. And so perhaps when we look at that, it'll give us an opportunity to be able to make some changes. We're getting into a time of the year where gluttony is very much prevalent. Presence everywhere, food everywhere, bad food everywhere. We're coming into the Thanksgiving season, Christmas season, where you're almost encouraged to eat more than you should. So I'm going to encourage you to take the next few weeks before we get to the really fat time of the year to really evaluate your emotions as it relates to your eating. So we're not chasing those highs and conversely not having to experience those lows and maybe looking at how our neurotransmitters and hormones could be addressed to better give us success. You can find me at thisdietlife at gmail.com or on Twitter at SugarCop or Instagram at Kimmy Two Shoes. Thanks for listening.